the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. His name is Alvin Louie, and listen to how he describes himself. Alvin Louie, president of Courage is a Habit, is a political refugee from California. He moved his family to the Midwest only to find that the same ideologies that ruined his old home are now spreading across the country. He tried to escape them and he ran right back into them. Courage is a Habit is an organization that creates actionable tools and strategies for the average parent and legislator to take action defending children from indoctrination in K through 12. Yeah, indoctrination is no longer too strong a word, folks. It is what's happening. He will tell you about it. He will, he's got the goods. He's, as, as the cool kids like to say right now, he's got the receipts. And you'll want to see them and hear them. And you'll want to meet Alvin Louie. He's a pretty cool dude. He is next. It's time for the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. Courage is a habit. And Alvin Louie, who is president of the, that organization, is going to join us to explain more about it. It's, it's pretty amazing. You're going to want to hear it. First, let me tell you about this. America's at a tipping point, And I want to tell you about a new movie you should really see. Dinesh D'Souza's movie, Police State, exposes the government's relentless persecution of the conservative MAGA Make America Great Again movement. The America we know and love is becoming more like a police state every day. The FBI has turned its eyes away from the real dangers in the world to target what they call domestic terrorists with a totalitarian agenda that's treating conservative Americans like criminals. They're targeting their political opponents, using mass surveillance and censorship, indoctrinating our children and threatening families with military-style raids on our homes. Threatening people like you and me who speak our minds and stand up for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, our God-given American liberties. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza, and Bruce Schooley, Police State Sounds the Alarm. If you demand your freedom, they're coming after you. How do we get here, and how do we turn the tide of this tyrannical government's agenda? You have to see this movie, Police State. Buy it or stream it now at policestatefilm.net, policestatefilm.net. And they talk about school indoctrination. To talk more about that with us, coming right up, Alvin Louie of Courage is a Habit. Alvin Louie, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. You say you're a political refugee from California. I think we share that in common. I grew up there. Right. Where were you in California raising your kids when you decided to leave? I was in Northern California. Okay. It's, it's, it's on both ends of the state, folks. Uh, don't, don't get it twisted. Um, Northern <laughs> is particularly strong. but uh, So this you're in Northern true. California. What did you see that made you want to leave? Well, what didn't I see? <laughs> I, I think uh, there's a lot of people much smarter than than me who left 10 years ago, you know, um, and I left and um, we left in 2020, April 2020. And even in the time that 
that we've been gone, look at how California is. But it's always it was always headed that way. And when we moved in April 2020, a lot of most everybody thought we were crazy because like why would you move in in the beginning of COVID at the time we didn't know what it was at April. Think about where April 2020. But yeah. I knew that if it was as bad as everybody said it was going to be, obviously it turned out to be completely something else. But that California was the last place I wanted to be because I knew they would use that as an excuse to push their socialist agenda, which they were already on that path. Uh, and if it wasn't what it was, they're still going to use it as an excuse to push their socialist agenda. So either way, uh, leaving, I did, that was not a place I wanted to be. It's amazing. I know so many people still in California who are either in denial of that, yeah. that socialist track that they're on or yeah. They think it's going to be something that it's that socialism ain't. Um, you know, we saw it with Gavin Newsom's cleanup of San Francisco for yeah. Xi Jinping's visit, which was so insulting. I, if I'm a Californian at that oh. point, I'm like, I, I would just say to hell with you, Gavin. Yeah. I'm out of here. Or yeah, communists have to welcome communists. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do, right? I mean, yes, that's it was. It, it wasn't just any old party guest. It was communists welcoming communists. I mean, that's what well, it is. So, so you leave, you go to the Midwest and what do you find? Um, I think there was a certain, you know, uh, naivete that a lot of people have when they leave these like really awful blue states like a California or a New York, uh, places like that, Washington. Um, when you move to a red state, you get, uh, you, you have this huge gratitude about you. And, and we still do. We still very much do. We love Indiana. Um, there are so many wonderful, beautiful things about Indiana and we're so incredibly grateful. Uh, what we don't expect is that a lot of the seeds that destroyed California were already planted in these states. And they do it with the same blueprint that they got into California and other places like that is through the education, is through the schools. But because a lot of the red states are ran so well in terms of the cost of living, the taxes, the business friendly, you know, small business friendly policies, cleanliness, those type of things, it, people get lulled just, just like I did, just like everybody did in California. Um, uh, you get lulled into thinking everything's great. Um, and especially if you're from a beautiful place like California, where the weather and everything, you just think everything's wonderful. And you come here, it's the same thing. Everybody's so sweet and welcoming and wonderful. And life is, you know, people just live their lives. But from being from California, I recognize a lot of the earmarks that we lived through. And so that was exactly what I recognized that in the schools, they were teaching the kids the same ideology. It was, and then they're using the same language contamination, this kindness, this inclusion, it's, it's a uh, belonging. And they use those language. We call it, you know, my organization, Courage is a Habit. We call it language contamination. They use your vocabulary, but not your dictionary. <laughs> and it lulls good people to accepting these policies that are actually uh, completely, uh, they're voting against their own, they're voting in their own demise. Yeah. Language contamination. That is so interesting, but you're right. They use words like inclusivity, mm -hmm. uh, di uh, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, which mm -hmm. is, uh, that, that ought to be a, a red flag to the reddest mm -hmm. degree. When mm -hmm. you hear the word equity, that means guaranteeing the same outcomes for right. everybody. No, how, right. no matter how hard you work or how little somebody else works, you ought right. to have the same outcome. Um, right. So it, it is, but being lulled into it, that is so interesting. So you're, you're still in Indiana yes. and that is, it's interesting because Indiana is one of the birthplaces of school choice. 
And mm-hmm. I wonder um, if you're seeing that. I know that, you know, there, there is a lot of education activism in Indiana. There is. So do you see that as well? And is, it, is that, do you think, in a response to these seeds that are being planted? Absolutely. And I think we see that across the country. And so, you know, we now deal with my organization, Courage is a Habit, deals with all the 50 states and we, we help parents across all 50 states. But yes, Indiana certainly was the probably the first, if not second state to really have this parental movement, uh, which is what, you know, uh, myself and a lot of you know wonderful people were involved in here in Indiana because parents really saw the pornography in schools. Of course, the transgender cult that was deep into schools. And it's all wrapped up into this mental health. It's it's then the long game really is just this anti-American narrative uh, that they're putting into children. And once you can once you can uh, uh, train a group of young people to hate their own country, how you want to move them later on is very very easy. It's very yeah. simple uh, once you create that uh, that 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 bitterness, and then they see it's a manufactured bitterness, of course, but they see oppression. What that happens is they see they're taught to see oppression around every corner and see yeah. no opportunity. Yeah. And see no opportunity. Yeah. This is why immigrants that come here in this country are going, what are you guys doing? We right. They right. They recognize exactly what we're, yes. what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I've, I've spoken with many people uh, mm-hmm. who've immigrated from, from China, uh, from Cuba, and yeah. they, they see it. They yeah. see it. And please, I hope they all run for office and many of them are, and maybe you're, you're on to that next. Um, you, you said through your organization that school counselors are mm-hmm. sort of the arbiters, the, the, the place where this all begins. Right. When I think school counselor, you know, I, I think of being in high school and having that right. person sort of guide me to college. Right. I don't think about this. What, what have you seen among school counselors that has you concerned? Well, what you're talking about was the sweet guidance counselors. You remember those okay. wonderful people you saw yes. once every, in the four years that you're in high school and it, they, they sit in the office and you go and ask them about certain classes. And, but those are no more. Those, those days are long gone. And in about in the 2014, around 2014, uh, they were uh, changed um, into what now they call school counselors. They're no more guidance counselors. And uh, the great majority of school counselors uh, are being are trained and they take their marching orders from an organization called the American School Counselor Association or ASCA for short, A-S-C-A. And so uh, two years ago, my organization started a campaign called Behind Closed Doors. And I'll link I'll I'll give you the link so that people in this can see in the show notes. And what we did was we attended their annual conference. We attended their webinars. We even attended some of their certification exams. And we, it, when you're, when you're trying to convince a large group of people, something that they believe is true, guidance counselors are good. And now we're saying, Hey, they're completely different. It is, you cannot just dump information and expect people to know it. You have to show it to them in small bites. So we attended the conference. We, we got the recordings. We've got their PowerPoints. We've got their training. And we showed that these school counselors are the biggest purveyors of the transgender cult. They have disdain for parental rights. They are trained to keep secrets from parents because they're trained to say, if a child believes they're born in the wrong body, and if mom and dad says, no, sweetheart, you're not born in the wrong body, you're perfect, that means that parents are unsafe and abusive. Uh, And that's how they're separating so how do if I got to know, because I'm picturing you guys in this behind closed door, getting into this. How'd you get into this meeting? Or can you Uh, reveal that? 
Well, uh, there's a couple of ways we do it. I probably wouldn't want to say publicly, okay. but uh, okay. we do I, have- You know what? Things. I respect that because yeah. it, I want you to keep doing the work. Right. So there's a, there's a few ways we get in there, uh, you know, whether it's online or offline, but you know, we get in there and we, we see what they're doing and then we just simply reveal it. We don't make a whole lot of commentary would say, look, this is their mission statement. Here's a video. Here's a training video. Here is how they train their counselors. And so these counselors come into the school and they just do exactly how they're being trained. They influence the children. And the disgusting thing, Michelle, about these school counselors is they are proactive. They are proactively talking to children, moving, taking advantage of vulnerable children, uh, moving them into this transgender cult, separating them from their parents and saying, we're your family now, we're your safe place now. And it is the, the most disgusting thing is to tell a child that you're born in the wrong body. And if the, the people who love you the most don't agree, they're abusive. Yeah, and they're yeah. the ones that's unsafe. So earlier we talked about language contamination, right? About the use your vocabulary and not your dictionary. So let's take that for example, the, the, the trans ideology in schools with the counselors. Every time, and here's a tip for the parents. If they say a sentence in school and they tell you it's an incomplete sentence, and I'm going to give you a trick to figure out the rest of the sentence. We support all students. We, we want all students to feel safe. You hear that? That's their yes. mantra. Yes. That's an incomplete sentence. The full sentence is, we want all students to feel safe if they're a boy pretending to be a girl. We, we support all parents if you believe in the transgender ideology. So it's an incomplete sentence. And I want every parent to use the word if to finish the sentence for them. And you can apply that anywhere, out, even outside of schools. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's correct. It, I, it is correct. I've seen it. I've talked to other parents about it. What, I, what I'm a little bit shocked about is how parents let it get this far, but I'm sure there's some manipulation there as well. I mean, when they hear the, the language contamination, they hear diversity, inclusion, loving your fellow student, no matter what, you know. But how about the conservative white boy? Who Does he get the same love? Right. Nope. If, if you're a non-white conservative Christian family. So we, 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 we are against hate if you are not a, so you got to finish that sentence for yeah. them. And so the if works, if it's a, it's a way for parents to see above that manipulation, that emotional blackmail. The reason why we've gotten here and this parents, citizens, you, me, everybody, we've gotten here because we're at the irony is we're here because we're too kind. They weaponize everybody's <laughs> kindness. Yes. They tell you, they tell you how unkind you are all the while taking advantage of your unlimited kindness. And it starts small and it starts very small. So in a school, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, Hey, we just want to put up this little sticker and then parents go, okay, I, I don't know. I want to put up this, this rainbow flag, this rainbow sticker. This is a school. It's just a sticker. It's just a sticker. Right. What are you? It's one children feel safe. Okay, so that's a sticker. Then the sticker becomes a statement. Statement becomes a policy, and the policy becomes large flags. The word "just" is a wonderful gaslighting word. It really is. It's just a. It's just a sticker. It's just a flag. It's just a pronoun. It's just until you get to the now where you're you're taking you're you're chopping off body parts of uh, young young people, and yeah. the parents are unsafe and abusive.
So really, it's not that we need more inclusion. We need more exclusion in a sense that we have to have stronger boundaries. And people and parents, everybody has to be afraid, cannot be afraid to say, I'm not embracing inclusion. I'm embracing exclusion because being a good parent is about exclusion, right? Think about as a parent, when you have a child is born, when when you bring him home, everything's about exclusion. I don't want so-and-so to carry him. I don't want so-and-so to carry her. Only certain people can watch him or her. Don't touch the oven. Don't touch the stove. And then later on, when they get older, who's your friends? We don't want these friends. We only want these friends. Everything about being a great parent is about exclusion. It's about drawing Basically, boundaries. it's about boundaries, right? And, and boundaries. boundaries are exclusionary, correct? You, you are trying to keep your child safe from the inhospitable parts of the world, absolutely. Until and they so, get old enough to make some of their own decisions, slowly, their- you start to draw, you know, you start to loosen those boundaries as they become yes. 12 and 13 and 16 and 17. But being a good parent is about exclusion, and they've weaponized everybody's kindness to say it's all about inclusion, and it's absolutely not, especially it's- not a government school. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Right. I hate the term government school, but it's spot on, right? It's uh, Then there's this part, you, you call it the mental health scam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know all of these weave together really beautifully mm-hmm. once you see the full picture. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the mental health scam, what, what do you mean? So when you and I and everybody else talk about good mental health, we're probably thinking of things like, you know, managing your anger or managing your stress, managing your anxiety, learning how to time management, things like that, right? When they talk about mental health, and again, going back to language contamination, is they use your vocabulary, not your dictionary. When they mean mental health, it means, uh, it could mean a lot of things. It depends on what is the, the trend that they, the, the, the social contagion they want to drill into the child. Mental health is... If your parents believe in the Second Amendment, that's a very abusive household. It hurts your mental health. If you don't believe in climate change activism, if you don't believe in it, then that's poor mental health. If you do not want to call someone else by the pronouns they think because they woke up today and believe they're different sex, that's poor mental health. So what happens is every time there is a school shooting or anything like that, people come out and go, it's not about guns, it's about mental health. And we walk right into that trap because they go, oh, you know what? It is true. It's about mental health. So let's bring in more social emotional learning, which is a program that's completely, completely uh, taken over uh, education. Um, And that those programs actually drive down real mental health because they make children believe that the world's going to end. They yeah. make believe that the police are shooting uh, white people for sport. They believe that the country's so oppressive you, you can't. Right. 
So that see, so what they do is they trick, they 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 bait you into saying, "Let's have good mental health." You think it's about this, and they bring in something else. And so in the mental health scam, uh, when we released our tool, and we'll link this too, uh, we, we we differentiate between two types of mental health: it's um, synthetic vulnerabilities and uh, organic vulnerabilities. Organic vulnerabilities are things that tug at our heartstrings. If a, if a child's born to a drug addicted mother, maybe their parents died, one of their parents died, uh, accidents, um, physical challenges, mentally developed challenges, all kinds of things that are organic. It's no one's fault. It's just these horrible things that happen to children. So when we say, don't you want to help the kids who need help? You and me and good people think organic vulnerabilities. We think, of course we do. But here's the trick. We've already had programs in schools and in cities and governments and local government to help kids and people who need help. America has some of the best safety nets. That's not what they mean. When they bring in these social emotional learning and these mental health, the mental health scam, these programs, they're creating not organic vulnerability. They're not helping organic vulnerabilities. They're creating synthetic vulnerabilities. So what's a synthetic vulnerability? Making a child believe they're, in the, they're born in the wrong body sexualizing them early so that they're vulnerable to pedophilia and child trafficking, telling a child because of the color of your skin, you cannot succeed in this country. Right, 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 right. right. Those are that synthetic one pisses me off more than anything. That one it pisses is. me. They all piss me off. But yeah. to, to point to someone's immutable characteristic, which is beautiful in its own way. Yeah. And to tell them that because of that, they can't yeah. have, I, I, I just, so it's when you talk about social emotional learning, this is important, I think, because this is really kind of all we're teaching. I shouldn't generalize. I'm trying to hold back from generalizing here. But when you see reading scores and mm -hmm. math scores mm -hmm. and science scores and mm -hmm. a complete and utter lack of civic mm -hmm. teaching, mm -hmm. but social emotional learning is, is prioritized. Mm -hmm. And then we have depression rates at the worst in in decades ever what does that tell ever. you so so what how is this social emotional learning sort of uh how is it cemented into the pedagogy of of, of education so what happened was back in 2009 2010 they changed the way the schools were measuring. So then it was the Obama administration there, his or his administration changed the way schools were measured, meaning that now we have to measure what they call a child's emotional competencies. And they use things like responsible decision-making and self-awareness. And so it wasn't about academics anymore. It's about measuring their emotional awareness. Now, of course, people go, oh yeah, I want my child to be emotionally aware and responsible decision-making. What they didn't understand was social emotional learning was a program that changed the culture of the school. It's not just a class. It's not a curriculum, not just a curriculum. It changed the culture of the school. So now when you walk into a K through 12 school, they're teaching kids how to think about the world in a very radical, very left-wing way. So if I tell you I'm teaching my child responsible decision-making, which is one of the core competencies of SEL, of course, we would think about you make your bed, you do your homework, you listen to your parents, you, and then when you're older, you drive responsibly, things like that. What they mean in social emotional learning and SEL is responsible decision-making is if you're white, when you get a voting age, you have to vote for reparations. If you're not white and you get to voting age, you have to take down the system. You have to disrupt the system because America is systemically racist. 
you, you, you see the idea is they're changing the culture of the school so that they can at every turn, it doesn't matter if it's math class, it doesn't matter if it's science class, PE, it doesn't matter any of it. It's about changing the way a child sees America as systemically racist. And so when you talk about this, the, the uh, academic scores going down, that's not by accident, that's by design. Because if you can't read, you can't learn. And if you can't learn, you'll never be able to earn. And when you're destitute, when you need, when you cannot make a successful living, government coming in telling you that I'll give you free stuff because I'm going to take it for some, some, someone else sounds pretty damn good. So here, here's here's my big question to you, because this has been going on for long enough now mm -hmm. that some of the the parents raising children were raised this way, were, were educated this That's way. Right. So That's they're right. propagating it as well. Yes. Are we too far gone? How do we turn this tide? Because, first of all, I think things like kindness mm -hmm. and social emotional learning mm -hmm. and responsibility, social responsibility should be taught at home. That's right. What I want my kids to learn at school is the alphabet to start, yeah. Yeah. how to read, yeah. how to add, yeah. you know, how to coexist with other, and I shouldn't use the word coexist because that has some interesting. So they take uh, the, the contaminated area, all those. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. To, to how to, to how to resolve conflict mm -hmm. with their peers, mm -hmm. um, how to respect their elders, right. uh, you know, how to line up, on mm -hmm. the way to lunch and stay yeah. in line, right. all of those, those responsibilities. But here we are with developing brains, right? Uh, being, being, you know, massaged into this, this form that mm -hmm. I, I don't like, right. I don't, you know, and I've worked very hard to make sure that I can teach that stuff at home and That's counter right. what's going on in school. But are we too far gone? What's the hope here? No, there's a lot of hope. Um, and, you know, or courage is a habit. It's really about not pointing out the problems. It's really about uh, saying, here's the issue, but what can you do about it? Because I think in a lot of, uh, you know, we're very guilty of it in, in my side of the, the fence here that we only talk about the problems. We, we, we create the outrage, but there's no outlet. So courage is a habit at the end of every tool that we have. We always give parents a call to action. So I'll, we'll cover a couple of that uh, in a second so that parents know what they can do. But no, yeah. there is a lot of hope. And, there, and, and the reason why I say that is because in 2019, when I really kind of started into this uh, going, man, I, I don't want Indiana turned into California, mm -hmm. uh, it, was just, it was a ghost town. Very few people were talking about it. Now in 2023, the things that uh, were, oh, it's conspiracy theory. Oh, that's not happening. Just your average person. We're not talking about people like me and you who really are into some of this stuff. We're just talking about an average person goes, they know there's porn in schools. They know they're trying to uh, uh, influence children to, to think they're in the wrong body. So there is a lot of hope. But I think when you look at it from a day-to-day -day standpoint, it feels very hopeless because we feel like we're so far behind. We are very far behind. That part is true. But I every day, every day, my team and I, we have a lot of hope because we see parents waking up. And one of the biggest things that these people fear, these Marxists, these uh, child mutilation advocates, these critical theory, race theory pushers, they are deathly afraid of parents standing up and saying, I don't care what you call me anymore. Call me a racist. Call me a bigot. I don't care. And that's what's happening. And that's why they're deathly afraid. So a couple things parents can do um, on our site. And we'll link this again. We'll send it in so you can have in your show notes. Every parent should be getting their kids out of these social emotional learning surveys. 
It's called data mining. It's the lifeblood of how they're justifying these things. You'll hear it in the term of it's evidence-based, data-driven, research shows. What they're talking about is the surveys they're giving your children in class, and they're manipulating the surveys and saying, we need more mental health. And then they're justifying spending your tax dollars to bring in more of this, uh, these ideology. So we have these opt-out forms. Uh, we want every parent to use it. Don't take no for an answer. Mo most parents have used it with great success. Um, we also have another opt-out form to say, my child is not to meet with any school counselors or mental health professionals without my consent or presence. Okay. And you gotta push that, you gotta push that. And you got to keep them from talking to these counselors. There's no reason why anybody's talking to your child about these very personal things that you did not vet. Listen, uh, it is incredible to me what, what has gotten by to this point. And I so hope you're right. I love the phrase courage is a habit. Every day I sign off from this podcast, Alvin, and I say, be brave, do good. Mm -hmm. And right. I know that it doesn't come easily. No. So no. that's why I repeat it. And for me, even as a person who was in the public eye yeah. to step away purposely with the intention of, I, I knew what I was bringing on myself. Sure. I knew I was going to be called all kinds of mm -hmm. names. I knew it. Yeah. You must develop a thick skin for the mm -hmm. sake of those behind us, for the sake of my two kids, your children. Yeah. And quite frankly, this sounds so for the sake of liberty in this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're if we raise a bunch of kids who cannot read and are told to take shots when we tell you to take shots, read the books we compel you to read, make the statements we compel you to make, wear the buttons we compel you to wear then we are no longer a free country. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and it's, we're just, as, as everyone Reagan, anyone else has always said, we're one generation away. And, and I believe that so fully given what I'm seeing these days right now, it feels freaking scary out there. We, before I let you go and you've given me hope today, and we're going to, again, in the show notes, we're going to include all these links so people can go. Um, we're seeing today people found the Osama bin Laden letter to America and suddenly they'll never mm -hmm. look at America again. We see anti-Semitism at, at, at a level I never even imagined it could be in the United States of America, sure. let alone World War. I never yeah. ever thought I would see this day, Alvin. Sure. So it is, yeah. it, it, it's, and it just, yeah, boom, it just happened. And it happened on the heels of 1200 innocent people being snuffed out in the most brutal fashion. And suddenly it was Israel's fault and America's fault. Sure. So that's part of this, isn't it? I mean, this, it, 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 I, I have to believe that this is all within that same sort of sure. um, ideology, the, the, right. the oppression versus oppressors versus the oppressed. Shit, that's exactly right. And it doesn't matter what the topic is. Obviously this is a very, very heavy divisive topic. But the, 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 the bigger picture is that they're training these kids to say and do whatever it is that they want them to say and do. It doesn't matter the topic. They don't, they have no idea the, 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 the people who are protesting doing this, they have no idea about this conflict. Like take the letter, for example. And for those of you who may not have seen it, it was a bunch of, a bunch of young college age, early college age kids going, I read the Osama bin Laden letter to America. Now I am having an existential crisis. I'll never yes. look at America the same. They did not read the letter. These kids don't know how to read. They can't read more than five words. They didn't read the letter. That's not the scam here. 
it's a campaign. It was an uh, orchestrated campaign. Yep, yep. Use young people. And then, so here's a trap. They, they, they got, you don't know what, 10, 20, hundred kids or whatever to say, I read the letter. Now they want everyone to go look up the letter. Yeah. And now they're inadvertently spreading his message. Yeah. Don't fall for it. Don't look yeah. up the letter. Don't fall for it. These kids did not read the letter. What they did was they followed the script. This is why on that TikTok video, they all sound the same. Yeah, they do. They do. And it's dramatic and it's so produced. It's like so there's produced. one where it says, girl, yeah. I saw the letter. What letter? The letter. What letter? Yeah. The letter. It's like it's produced. It's it's produced. It, it's 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 not I, organic. I, it's no. all produced. It is. Nope. They didn't read the letter. They have no idea. I would I would bet anything I have. If you went to one of those kids and say, give me a part of the letter. What, what did it say? They have yeah. no idea. They didn't read what the part letter. changed they can't read. you so much? Yeah, it's it's terrifying, but it's so it does give me hope to talk to people like you, Alvin. I am so grateful for what you're doing. Courage is a habit. Just Google it. Go check out what they do. Look at the tools that are available to you. And yes, be willing to stand up for the most vulnerable people are little kids. And they're being taken advantage of. And we always grew up. My Look, my mom was a public school teacher, Alvin. I grew up with a public school teacher who was strict, who taught Spanish and mathematics, who didn't bring her ideology into the classroom. So I always just looked at teachers as my heroes because back in the day, they they were. were. Mr. Timmons, who taught me geometry, Mercedes Thompson, who taught me Spanish. I remember these teachers because they taught me practical, usable knowledge. That's right. And I've been able to excel because of that. That's right. This is not where education is right now. People need to understand that. They need to know. They need to open their eyes. And they need to stand up for, for children. And, and, and I, I want to say real quick that I have such a great respect for you. I know that people look at you and go, well, it's easy for her. She was very successful in her career. And, you know, she, she, part, she made very good money. And I can't do that. It is a lot, lot harder to step <laughs> away from something that you worked your whole life for, that yeah. you're obviously, you know, making very good money. You're in a public eye to do what you did. The re- regular citizens, yeah, you might get called a racist and a bigot, then maybe you'll call your work, but you're not having to make that decision in front of the whole entire world. You stepping away and doing what you're doing, that's what we're trying to give the average person. Courage really is a habit. It and if is. you don't stand up for your kids today, they will live on their knees tomorrow. Amen to that. And by the way, folks, if you ever doubted that I had to work my ass off to get where I got, let me just tell you something. It was not easy. It was not just, oh, here I am. I should be on Sunday night football. It was not that. I, I wish people understood that people who are successful, people who are lucky isn't it interesting how the harder oh, you work the luckier the lucky. you get <laughs> right. i mean it's it's i just i just that i i resent that so much because and, and i'm not offended by it i just open your eyes look at what people have gone through please don't make assumptions uh you're asking us not to make assumptions about you don't make assumptions about successful people either we worked very very risk. very very hard a lot of risk taken for you to get to where you were and then to walk away at the time where you could have just wrote your own ticket. Yeah. I mean, you were calling all these big games on national TV, Sunday yep. night, Super Bowl, the whole thing for you Alvin, to walk away w- and do this. 
it, it would have been easier to stay, Alvin. It would have been much easier to stay. And it, it, there were plenty of reasons to stay. But I've got two. I, listen, and I don't just care about my own kids. I care yeah. about your kids. I yeah. care about every inner city kid who is being denied an equal education. I care about every child in this country who is being manipulated or denied something. So it's not just about my two kids. They bring it home for me. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I have a, a, a vast appreciation for what some of these poor kids are going through. Yeah. And, and I just I, I want to make the world better for them. So and clearly you are walking the walk, Alvin. Not only did you walk out of California, which I applaud you for, but you are standing up for the state you live in now and really for the values of America. And um, I, it's uh, it's great to see your work. Courage is a habit, folks. Uh, take it from Alvin Louie. Um, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Michelle. And as I always say, be brave w one day at a time. Every day, do something that requires some courage and do good so that we can counteract all the ugh, heinous evil in the world. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.